Boys, uh, Socceroos have gone down 2-1 to Argentina. Um, a really, really... I, I know the word is overused, but it really was a brave effort. They took it to the Argentinians. And I, I don't know what your initial thoughts are, but whilst we lost and I'm disappointed, I just think they did a super effort throughout the whole tournament. Absolutely agree. I think uh, the key word that we're pretty much we're all going to see in the media over the next couple of days will be brave. Uh, I think that's pretty much clear and obvious. Um, but to be fair, that's probably the best word to to describe it because the thing was, it would have been very, very easy for Gray Marner and the Socceroos to sit back and go, we're playing Argentina, one of the best teams in the world. Therefore, we're going to sit back, make them come to us, and then we're going to hope for a counter-attack. But instead, they really took the game to Argentina. And it, they were aggressive at times. They were definitely on the front foot. They they wanted to sit high. They wanted to take on the opposition. They wanted to try and create 2v1 overloads. It, it actually was a decent performance. And that was incredibly enjoyable. And you know what? If this does end up being Graham Arnold's final game as the Socceroos boss in charge, I think that this is probably a good way to go and a good way for him to be able to put his name next to a performance and say, you know what, that came from the true heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, great call. I've got no doubt that um, the greatest, the best thing about Australia over the course of the whole tournament and today is that the quality of the, the setup, the preparation, the organisation the team focus, the ability to know exactly what they were going to do and how to execute it has been first class. You've got to take your hats off to the, not just the players, but to the coaching team all up. I mean, they've been absolutely brilliant. And right until the very last second, Australia had a chance to snatch that game. And it was a hard chance. It was a hard chance. It was a tight angle. He had to have a shot as well, Kill, because there was no one behind him. If you if you saw, um, everyone was out on their feet because there was no one coming into the box. The only players who were actually getting back were was one or two Argentinian defenders. If you notice, it was a really yeah. good track back. It was a good. It was an awesome save, and you could see the emotion in the Argentinian players who just fell onto the keepers to say thank you. Well, there's no doubt in the world that, um, in my mind, there's no doubt in the world that um, this, I don't, God, please, you can pick on my words here. This is straight after the game. Argentina Argentina are so messy driven. He, look, all the superlatives that we say about him, I don't know about you, Pete, being more technical than John and I are. I've never seen close and control of any player in the world I mean, yes, we can talk. Sorry, I'm talking in modern, uh, current years, John. I'm not going back to Maradona. But in the modern game, has there been someone better with the, the ball at their feet? <laughs> it's pretty tough to to try and identify players. There are players that have glimpses of this. But for me, this was actually kind of a, a vintage, messy performance. Um, and I tell you what, the Socceroos have to take that as a badge of honour. The mm. fact that Messi and this Argentina side at full time, were absolutely exhausted yep. because the Socceroos had pushed them that hard. And, and as you say, the close control of Messi to be able to try and get himself out of these tight situations and the fact that he had to put in a performance like that, it's not that he was there trying to have a bit of a, bit of a laugh or a bit of a kick around or whatnot. He actually had to put in a big shift against the Socceroos here and you could see it on his face after every single run. 
that well, I think he could see it on his ball. eyes. I think he could exactly. see it in his eyes when he gave the ball to Martinez and he just um, looked like he was trying to take a conversion against the All Blacks. Yeah. And he looked at him, he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you because nothing do was coming easy. No, no. And look, to me, if you take it away from the Socceroos for a moment and we do focus on Messi just for a second, it's the reason that, um, I don't want to make it a Ronaldo versus Messi debate, but I will. It's the reason why Messi is so loved. How many times did he bring his teammates into the game tonight by just slowing the game down, um, drawing plays in? It was almost like he's a basketball point guard. You know what I mean? He sits at the top of that that key and, and guides him around. It was just a masterclass. I really enjoyed, I hate to say this, but I really enjoyed Messi's game. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and I think that um, he's the type of guy who for plenty of years got kind of accused of walking around in a football pitch. But the thing is, he gets himself into the best zones possible. This is one of the smartest footballers ever in football and he gets himself in good positions. He breaks lines. He's able to try and engage defenders and then dribble past them. He's able to link up play with the opposition. His strike was sensational as well. Yep. So yeah, great was. way to be able to um, kick things off for himself. And, and I think uh, look, he's just had a really, really good world cup. And you can see, yes, the weight of the world is on Messi's shoulders in terms of, if he, if Argentina are going to win this World Cup, it's basically down to Messi and his performances. Yeah, I was thinking that the whole game, Pete. I was like, this Argentinians, this is not the best Argentinian team or Argentina team I've seen by by far. It's not. Uh, Messi goes down with an injury, or whatever. Their their campaign is done. He is that good. Yes. Over to you, John. Well, I don't know if that's really new for Argentina teams. No, no, it's not. You're right. but And, the, and they have so delivered it. in recent times. I mean, they've started to finally deliver for the first. I, I actually think that maybe you're downplaying this Argentina side because it's taken them many, many years to understand how to play with this guy as well. And and I think that they're actually, you know, the quality of their coaching this time around. Oh, in the lead-up, um, Scioni was not talking about anything other than having absolute respect for Australia and how we had to, you know, play this game and all. There was none of that bravado or anything like that. I thought that he prepared them and set them out there to beat a very hard-to-beat Australian team because they, they really didn't panic. You know, it wasn't any of that sense of panic they had in the first game, you know what I mean? Out yeah. of the game against Mexico, I thought they looked really calm, even though Australia was making it incredibly difficult to break us down. I think if we had it, um, I think the quality of our, um, and, and look, I'm not putting Moy down. He's been brilliant the last few years. The quality of his set pieces today uh, and just some of the passes in, it's, it's the worst I've seen Moy do it in a long time because we could have put him under a lot more pressure. We had the height. We had everything. We were in good spots in a number of um, times in the game, at least five or six times, and the ball went absolutely nowhere near our dangerous players. And I think we could have set in a bit of panic if our set pieces had been a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I think it comes down to, if you look at um, how many minutes that Moy has played over the last couple of days, um, he got, what, 90-odd minutes today against Argentina, 90-odd minutes against um, uh, Denmark. He played the full 90-odd minutes against Tunisia the other day and yep. then against France again. Look at it. He ended up playing a full 90-odd minutes there. So to, to say he's looking a little bit leggy, 
that's because he is. You I can, think I, you I, can I, see I it. I, send, I think I sent that to you guys with about 15, 20 minutes to go. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what you guys think, but for me personally, can you just imagine if when we did that triple sub, if there was the opportunity to bring on someone like, and I'll throw his name out there, a Marco Tilio in midfield to just buzz around or even a Cam Devlin to buzz around and just create a bit more energy in that midfield, how that could have changed things up. Yeah, look, I, I, I think that the, um, I think that the thing about this Australian team and, and John, you've been touching on this is the setup means that, um, any Australian player uh, in the periphery could have could have come into that team. And that's the first time we've had that in a long time. You know, we had the golden generation in 2006. But this is uh, a setup, and, and Pete, you're the coach, but this is a setup that's sustainable. Um, I, I, and that's, you know, and you can plug in and put people in. And I really like that. And we haven't had that in a, the longest time ever. Well, given the, the, the difficulty that Australia had finding players... Everybody was saying there's just no chance that this team can take us anywhere. One, we weren't supposed to qualify even, you know, after things went pear-shaped against Saudi Arabia. But they they really, really have utilised what they've got and squeezed every bit of the orange out of it. And, yeah, it would be nice to bring in – I agree with you, Peter, but there was – just in that last 10 minutes, say, when, the you know, they put on the added time and you thought Australia can really come at them here. Argentina actually seemed to be quite brave themselves in getting up the field with the ball. And felt Australia couldn't get that, just that little bit in mid. Sorry, John, you've just cut out there. Pete, are you still there, mate? Well, I'm still here. It looks like we've lost John for a moment. Yeah, 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 yeah they yeah. couldn't seem to just get that link in midfield. And so, but, you know, at the end of the day, they still created a chance. Yeah, but um, I I don't really know that we want to go into too much with the repercussions now because so many positives to come out of oh. it. I just I, I'm I'm just really proud of the whole team and the effort. And I remember just talking in the qualifications and just burying our heads. Well, the other I totally agree. And 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 look, um, you tell me the last time. Well, there has there there hasn't been. I'm not looking at stats or anything, but we've scored four goals um in open play in four games in a World Cup. Each game, it, nothing from it's just it, it's been remarkable. And, and Goodwin scoring two goals, and Leckie's wonder goal. Um, the fact that we we fought so hard, even against uh, France, people that actually watch the game know that we could have actually been 2 0 up, and that that would have been mm. I think it missed by what half a meter. The, the, there was a shot from outside the box, and it missed by about half a meter. 2 0. Look, it's been a brilliant World Cup, and I think I do want to touch on a negative. If that can I touch on a negative? Am I allowed? Yeah. Okay. Not about the team, not about the coaches, but it's everything we expected. I went, well, let's go and have a look at what the people are saying on social media who aren't real football fans. And of course, they're saying, oh, look at Argentina diving. Look at the keeper falling on the ground. Mate, if you're good enough, that that's that time wasting doesn't come into it. You know, it, it, it is football. And if you don't like football because of that, you just don't like football anyway. You're looking for something to not like the game, if that makes sense. And there's a heap of comments and that going out there now. And that's people who are probably just disappointed that Australia's out. But that's also just people who are ignorant to not understand that that actually is a huge positive 
for the Socceroos, the fact that if Argentina are that worried about the national team, that they're having to try and slow down the opposition by this much, and the fact that they kept wanting to attack, they kept wanting to pursue things, the fact that any time that there was a free kick, yes, they could have played quickly, but instead Argentina were sitting there going, we need a chance to be able to catch our breath. Mate, that has to be the positive. And, and unfortunately, um, there's not enough educated individuals out there to understand that perspective and that they need to understand that it is actually a huge positive that gamesmanship came into this yeah. and that, you know, the uneducated will say it's unsporting-like. The educated will say, no, that's actually really good game awareness. Yep, 100%. Guys, let's have a quick look at the squad as well. There's some players going on to bigger and better things after this, surely. I mean, they said it with Harry Sutter. Um, he won't be at Stoke City for too much longer. There's there's quite a few players here who are going to move to much bigger clubs based on this performance. Well, I think Kai Rolls might be going somewhere else as well. And um, also, <laughs> I thought Azaz Bayich had a great tournament. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's got a summer. Um, why wouldn't a team like... Uh, you know, someone at say even the bottom end of the EPL looking for a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, just energy and gee, he nearly when he got into the box at the end, that was brilliant. I just thought he played great. Oh, what a, that bit where he cut in and he just mm. cut the ball across and never gave up. I thought the respect for the two teams tonight was remarkable. There was real, um, it was com- it was a competition, wasn't it? And the respect between the two teams was actually kind of. I know it sounds a bit wanky but it was a bit heartwarming like, well when you were talking about the gamesmanship i gotta say that i i didn't feel that that was i never at any point you know we've watched a lot of football and there's always that where you're like going come on get up I'm sick of this i just didn't feel there was hardly any of that no nah, but look i'm used to it i'm a villa fan so i've seen i've seen uh Martinez do that week in, week out. He's an absolute master of it. He's a shit stirrer as well. So it would have been interesting if they had gone to penalties. The two keepers, they would have subbed in red main and the two keepers would have been shit stirrer for hell. So Bayich is at Dundee United, I think, and, and he could go on. Um, Dejanex plays for... Um, he plays in the US, doesn't he? Columbus crew. Okay. So Gosh, he looks good. Oh, I thought he looked fat. Oh, I just... This, Right there. I mean, we we talked about Harry. He could go at center, center forward. I mean, he's going to go to a bigger club. No, no doubt in the world. Um, so Jackson Irvine's at St. Pauli at the moment. There's just so many of these players. They, I just see a massive future for this whole team. Quick question, just before, I know that we're, we're we're aiming to be quick. Did you at any stage say in the last three games ever feel like our Defence was struggling? No, I didn't. I, I mean, I think I, I'm not going to be critical of Matty Ryan. I think there's a couple of times he could have come out a bit earlier, you know, but but no, I didn't feel like our defence was, was bad at all. Because I didn't. What about you, Pete? Tactically, you would have a bit more now than us. Uh, I think Harry Suter and his grand return was obviously a huge, huge support. Uh, so that was a great uh, positive. Um, for me, Kai Rolls is probably not the most technical player and does not look super comfortable by himself. But for whatever reason, next to Harry Suter, that combination looked fantastic. Um, so that was a very strange but also fun 
combination. Um, Degenyakwini, he came in and made impacts. That was uh, that was positive as well. Asic Bayic at left back was was decent. I think that when Karasic came on, um, you could see he's still recovering from whatever injury that he's been battling with recently. So um, yeah. he, he didn't have the same fluidity that we probably would have liked to see. Um, but we at no point did I say that we looked poor at the back. I think we looked sound. And that's uh, that's that's the teacher language coming out right now, and John will know all about that. You, you, yeah. you, um, you'd have to be happy uh, if you're an Adelaide United supporter and one of your favourite sons has scored two goals in a World Cup. Oh, right. Heinmarsh Stadium went off. For the for everyone there watching on the big screen, Heinmarsh Stadium went off. It was fantastic to well, view. All around the country. Uh, so, for example, um, let's talk about that a little bit. Sydney looked like it was brilliant. Um in Brisbane, King George Square was opened up and they had seven to 8,000 there and they had it on the big screen. Their city hall was lit up in green and gold. Um, we know in Melbourne, they opened up Amy Park, yep. uh, which is just absolute testament to, to the support around the, the country. I know Adelaide Oval put it on their big screen out the front, which is just a walk across from the city. I mean, this this really captured the hearts of Australian sporting people outside of football, I think. I can tell you here in Corumban Valley that Wayne and Misty and me made the atmosphere too. <laughs> I tried to keep it quiet, guys. I uh, I watched part of it outside because I got we got two puppies who who go a bit nuts in the morning, so I was watching it outside. Um, yeah, the the cats just slept through the whole thing. Oh, that's what cats do. Mm. Doing good on them. I, I, I love their uh, ability to just not give a crap. Mm. <laughs> Guys, so we, we've had positives out of this. Um, I, I, I honestly can't see a negative. If anyone is negative um, after this performance, um, I'm not sure they actually follow the game. I, I, I think all three of us are super proud. I, I think, I don't know, I'll sum up my bit and let you two come in. I think we've exceeded any expectations of what we thought would happen in this World Cup. Yeah, well, I'll give Pete the last word on this. As a, I actually think this is by far the the best thing that I've seen following the Socceroos, and I'm going to put it past 2005. Oh, so am I. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Graham Arnold said this in a press conference the other day, talking about if the golden generation in 2006 got four points, then what does this generation mean for the Socceroos, um, making it out of the group with six points? And then to make it through to a quarterfinal, uh, sorry, make it through a round of 16, like, it, it's huge. I think, obviously, we all sat here on a podcast not that long ago going through qualifiers and basically scratching our head, giggling a fair bit, going, how the heck are we ever going to make it to a World Cup? And then credit to this squad, credit to Graham Arnold for bringing everything together and, and making things work. Because, to be fair, walking into this tournament, expectations were absolute ground zero and then walking out of this tournament mate everyone's head held high chest part should be sitting there going you know what they did a damn good effort and uh look history has been made in in so many different ways in terms of goals scored in terms of the points being able to be achieved i'm just reading right now um a cool little stat here so Aged 18 years and 79 days, Garen Quall is the youngest player to play in the knockout stages of the World Cup since Pele in 1958, when he was 17 years and 249 days. So, yep. you know what? History is being made there. 
Garen Quall, what an absolute future that he has ahead of him. Oh, 100%. Guys, uh, always love being on podcasts with you. The Socceroos themselves and the country proud. I'm already seeing a lot of negative comments about this, that and the other. You know what? I'm not going to enter any of that today. I'm going to put my soccer put my soccer on. I'm going to smile all morning and just think, wow, we are a football. And we've disappeared. That's all right. Yeah, yeah you just came always, back. Bessie, I was going to say was, uh, <laughs> if there's any time that uh, you feel down about things, the fact that we've just been knocked out, just spare a thought for USA soccer. Um, having just got done by Netherlands 3-1 and uh, US soccer will be going into meltdown into overdrive in terms of um, their disbelief of everything, despite the fact that they were playing Netherlands, probably one of the informed teams at this tournament. So it's been fun. Thank you very much for having us. (laughs) Absolutely. This is the Love Sport podcast. We'll be back with general sport. The Premier League will be back soon as well. And having um, two brilliant people on the podcast with me as my co-host is always great.